dignity of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And as we did last year, we'll have a procession through the neighborhood um, following Mass. Just encourage you all to be a part of it. We'll have, um, I ordered 4,000 rose petals. You can go online and buy rose petals. So I've got 4,000 rose petals coming. So we'll have little baggies for all the kids. They can throw the rose petals as we go through the neighborhood. Um, kids are encouraged to wear their first communion outfits uh, if they still fit them. And then uh, following Mass, we'll have root beer floats. You can tell a lot about a society, a group of people, what they value by what they have parades for. And so when the rest of the world is doing parades for all sorts of different things, we have a Eucharistic procession with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's very important that we as Christians, as Catholics, are a part of these processions to show the world who truly matters. And so next week, please uh, make it a point to be a part of our great procession. Today, though, we celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. The solemnity that we celebrate today is the highest truth, the highest dogma of our faith. There's a hierarchy of dogmas. The highest one is that, that God is a unity of divine persons. One God, three divine persons. That God is an eternal exchange of love. It gets at the being, the essence of who God is in himself. St. John could rightfully say, God is love. God is love. God, his essay, his being, who he is, is love. Think about it, because you or I, we cannot be love. I can't say I am love. No matter how loving I could become, I could never say I am love. Because love always requires a lover and a beloved. And in me, there's only one person. But because God is a trinity of divine persons, a relation, we can say in him that he is love. The Father, the lover, the Son, the beloved, and eternally loving each other, and that love so real, it is a third divine person, the Holy Spirit. So God is love. His essence, who he is, is love. There's a principle in Latin, it goes like this. Agere seguitur esse. Agere, acting, seguitur follows esse, being. Action follows being. Things act in accord with what they are. We have a saying, you know, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's a duck. Why? Because the actions follow what it is. Adjure seguitur esse. And so, if God is love, that's his essay, his adjure, his acting, is to love. He cannot help but love. God cannot help but be merciful and loving to us because of who he is in his being. We heard this in our first reading. The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. There's one of those words in there in the Hebrew is hesed. H-E-S-S-E-D. Hesed. We don't even have... Uh, English word that translates has said has said is this steadfast love, faithful love, enduring love, 
Not just a fleeting emotional love, but a steadfast love. And that's the love of God. A lot of you have followed Father Mike's Bible in the year or been a part of the Bible timeline. And when you go through the Old Testament, Israel is up and down. Yeah, God, we love you. And the other time, next day, they're worshiping idols or involved in some great sin. <laughs> up and down. But God himself, his love is his said. It is steadfast. It is during. Enduring it is faithful. So I've been reflecting on this a lot. If God is like this, this is who we believe God to be. We're grateful, we're blessed that we've come to know God in his reality. This is what our students experience at Queen of Peace, coming to know who God truly is. Why do so many people stay away from God? Why do so many people stay away from the faith? If this is who God is, a loving and merciful, has said God. You may hear it, I hear it sometimes, that people say they feel unworthy. They feel unworthy because of their sins. And again, this I struggle to understand this, not because I'm not a sinner, but... Because I think that's the point of it. We're all unworthy because of our sins. That's the whole point. God loves us, although we are unworthy. God doesn't love us because we're worthy. We become worthy because he loves us. We become pleasing. We become delightful to him because he loves us. St. Paul says to Timothy, Quote, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. There was a woman at my last parish, we'll call her Mary, and in her late teens, she became pregnant and gave birth to a child. Yet she continued to come to Mass in the small parish church of the small town. And I was edified by her story. Because all of us are sinners. We all have sins. Many of us are just lucky that our sins maybe aren't as public as some others. And I believe that most Catholics want to see people like Mary at their church because it's a sign that a parish is being where Christ has called it to be. And if someone is making judgments or doesn't think people like Mary should be at the parish, then they aren't a good Catholic. They aren't good Christians. I was so edified by Mary's story when she was telling this to me because Mary had courage. She acknowledged her mistake. She didn't gloss over it. And maybe there was a few different weird looks she got and maybe some people thought that she shouldn't be there. But again... If they have that attitude, they aren't a good Christian. Yet she didn't care. (laughs) It didn't bother her. She didn't let them keep her from Jesus and from his saving grace and his mercy. She had courage and truly believed in God's love and his mercy. And so I think again, why aren't more people like Mary? Why are there people who stay away from this God who is nothing but loving and merciful. I think another reason people may stay away is that we don't want to be indebted to another. 
It's kind of a form of pride. That if we truly realize what God has done for us, and that I am unworthy of it, and then I receive it, then I'm indebted to him because I have received this gift that I did not earn. And I owe it to him to him to give my entire life to him, to offer myself to him. I owe him everything. And we don't like that attitude of being indebted. But again, no one is worthy. God makes us worthy. It is said, the greater the sinner, the greater the claim to God's mercy and love. The greater the sinner, the greater that person has a claim to God's mercy and his love. St. Paul realized this. All the saints realize this. Sometimes it might be a form of self-punishment. They, they want to punish themselves for their past. And so I'm going to stay away, and then I don't deserve that. Maybe they think they'll sin again, and therefore it won't be better. And so I'm not even going to try. But no, there's no limit to whom Jesus loves and gives his mercy to. There's no limit to who Jesus wants to extend his love and mercy to. Sometimes there can be this idea that Jesus will only save or love or show his mercy to people who have this amount of sins. But if they have this amount of sins, then no. But that is not true. Look at St. Peter. Get away from me, for I am a sinful man, he said to Jesus. But was then able to accept God's love, his mercy in Christ and became our first pope, and became a great saint. There was a time when um, I did something wrong. I did many things wrong when I was growing up, but one time I remember in particular, and I don't even know what it was, but I went outside, and on the driveway I took chalk. I felt, I was feeling sorry for myself, and really kind of shame and guilty, and I wrote, Nick, and chalk, Nick sucks. And I ran around the side of the, the house. And my mom came out, and she saw that, and she came over to me, and she didn't come over to me and say, oh, Nick, no, you're okay, everything's fine, no, don't be like that. She was angry at me. She was angry for me for thinking about that about myself. Again, guilt is good. Guilt is our conscience telling us that something's missing. It says, I did something wrong. I made a mistake. I sinned. Shame is bad. Shame is wrong. That's a lie. That says... I am no good. I am a mistake. That's always a lie and must be rejected. So as Christians, we are called just to admit that we're unworthy and then to freely receive God's mercy and confession and then spend the rest of our life making ourselves as least unworthy of that grace and love and mercy as possible. We have four young people up here graduating from Queen of Peace, Patrick, Maya, Lucy and Stephanie. And I remember being in, um, in your place when I was in eighth grade at Holy Rosary School in Duluth. And we had a math teacher. His name was Mr. Nelson. He wasn't related to me at all. And the two things that I remember, I mean, I still know how to do multiplication and stuff like that, but the two things I remember from his class, he said, one, he had this picture of Jesus. It was actually of the Sacred Heart. And he said, every once in a while I'll be doing homework and he'd say, kids, let's not forget to invite this guy in. 
let's not forget to invite this guy in, pointing to Jesus. And then the other thing he said is like, realize how blessed you are to be able to be at a Catholic school. But not realize that you are blessed and feel sorry for yourself or to feel guilty that you have this gift. He would say, like, don't feel bad because, you know, there's people in Africa who don't have what you have. But rather be grateful for it because all of them should have what you have. All kids should have the education that you are receiving and have received here at Queen of Peace. And then what do you do with it? Again, make yourself the least unworthy of it as possible. Christ says, to those who have received much, much is expected. And so for the rest of your lives, which is just beginning, realize that great gift that you received at Queen of Peace. And realize that you have great good to do with it because of that gift. Lastly, June is the month dedicated to the most sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus said to that French nun, St. Mary Margaret Alacope, Behold the heart which has so loved men that it has spared nothing even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify to its love. Jesus lived here on earth. He suffered and died in the most ignominious way. And throughout history, he keeps coming back to remind us of his love that has said that infinite mercy and love he has for us. It's as if for him to say, Come on, guys. Look at this love. Look at this mercy that I am offering you. He wants everyone to receive it. He wants everyone to experience his love and his mercy. My friends, we must get over ourselves, realize that we are all unworthy, make a good confession. And we may need to make this known to all the world who God is, that God is love. Last week, I spoke about mission, about being intentional, about being Catholic. I think we are called as Catholics to help people to accept their unworthiness and to join the club. We're all unworthy sinners. That God is an exchange of love. He cannot help but love, his great has said. We need to make that message known to the world. To make it known, the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that it was totally consumed for us. Behold the heart which so loved men that it has spared nothing, even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify to its love. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us.